Welcome to today's online message from Long Eaton Oasis Christian Centre. We are a church at the heart of the community, with a heart for the community. And we're so glad that you've joined us. We hope that you'll be inspired and encouraged today. Please don't hesitate to contact us. If you want to find out more, you can visit our website, www.longeatonoasis.co.uk, or you can direct message us. Not only have we got a wonderful God, we've got a lot of people serving us this morning. Let's just uh, show our appreciation to everyone that's been on our welcome team, on our sound desk, on our, our, our worship team. It's, it's, it is, I think it's a time to clap. And let's just do that, maybe this one. We, you know, they're up bright and early. They're serving us, they're serving you. And so we thank God for... And, and also now our children's workers and powerhouse, our sparklers team that are going through as well. So thank God for... For, uh, for everyone that serves you and serves I today. So it's great to um, welcome you this morning. It's good to have you, you know, with us. And if you're here for the very first time, we say, um, you know, God bless you. And it's a special welcome to you today. You're here with us for the very first time as well. So it's good. I'm going to be sharing a theme, a continuing a theme, God Meant It For Good. It's on the life of Joseph. And today, I'm going to be speaking about when you feel forgotten by God. Those, there are moments in our lives where we feel, we can feel a bit as if we're forgotten by God. And... That's where we're going to go in the next few moments. Uh, what I would say is that um, one of the, something, so a bit of an announcement, so just, uh, it's a, like a, a news, like a church news. One of the things that we'll be looking to do as a church from next week onwards, we're restoring a giving moment to our worship time. What I mean by giving moment is, if you remember back before the pandemic, we would have an offering bag or, or box or that would come round, and uh, we started. At, we had a, an offering box at the back of church. So we're restoring the passing round of, a, of, an, of an offering. So it's and it's a, a giving moment. And the box at the back, the box at the back, will be used for praise and praise uh, um, reports and prayer requests. And it's something that will be open and we'll be sharing those in the weeks and the days ahead. We won't stand in front of you when the offering basket comes, jangle it like you sometimes, you know, they used to do when they were doing uh, collecting for the, uh, I don't know, what is it, the, whatever it would be. That's not going to happen and it will come by you. But, um, you know, um, our, our planned, regular planned giving, financial giving, enables us as a, a, a church, as a growing community, to, to financially plan and to budget. And, and, uh, and so, so that, that's something that's coming. It's be, it's, and it's part of our worship. We're just restoring that. And we've done something similar with our communion. We don't have the little, the little cups that you, you tried to open and you couldn't open them. And then when you did, it went it opened and it went all over you. So, and and uh, you know, we, they, they worked for a season. We, we're taking communion as we did before, you know, prior to the pandemic. We, we do, we're the same with, our, with our, our, our giving as well. So that's something that, that is coming that is coming up. So um, if you have a Bible, please turn with me to um, Genesis chapter 40. And I'm, I'm, it's not going to come up on screen because it's, it's a, about 20 verses. But I'm going to read a, an account, a story, and it's based on the life of Joseph. And uh, when you feel forgotten, what do we do when you feel forgotten by God? And that's what we're going to visit this morning. Genesis chapter 40, 
Uh, verse 1 reads like this. Sometime later, so this time, Joseph is in prison. Last week, we looked at the power of temptation and how to deal with temptation and how Joseph was falsely accused, put into prison. So this is on the back of that. So sometime later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their master. The king of Egypt, Pharaoh, was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, in the same prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, and he attended them. After they had been in custody for some time, each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, had a dream the same night, and each, and each dream had a meaning of its own. Verse 6. When Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house, why do you look so sad today? We both had dreams, they answered, but there was no one to interpret them. So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream. He said to him, in my dream, I saw a vine in front of me. And on the vine, there were three branches. And as soon as it budded, it blossomed and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand and I took the grapes and squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup and he put the cup and I put the cup in his hand. This is what it means, Joseph said to him. The three branches are the three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand just as you used to do when you were his cup bearer. But when all, uh, but when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in this dungeon. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favourable interpretation, he said to Joseph, I too had a dream, and on my head were three baskets of bread. In the top basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is what it means, Joseph said. How about this for an interpretation? It's not the sort of interpretation you're looking for. The three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head and impale your body on a pole, and the birds will eat away your flesh. <laughs> not the best of interpretations, I don't think. Now the third day was Pharaoh's birthday, and he gave a feast for all his officials. He lifted up the heads of his chief cupbearer and the chief baker. In the presence of his officials, he restored the chief cupbearer to his position so that he once again put the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he impaled the chief baker, just as Joseph had said to them in his interpretation. The chief cupbearer, however, and this is the sting in the story, the chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. He forgot him. And then in chapter 41, verse 1, I'm not going to read the whole of chapter 41, but it, it, it will help in the story that we're going to recount together. In chapter 41, verse 1, it says, When two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing by the Nile. And that's another story for another day. But two, there were two years later that Joseph would get out of prison. So when he was forgotten, that forgetfulness 
cost him another two years in prison. And that's why I just read that, that verse just for a moment. Um, so, we, we, so, in, so in this story, so we read, we read um, in this account, and just, just to summarize, you know, Joseph is in prison for, you know, uh, uh, some time. We're not sure how long he'd been in prison for at this time. But, but what we do know is this, that it was at 17 years of age that Joseph was sold into slavery and entered imprisonment. And it was by the eight, about 17 years, by the age of 30, he comes out of jail. And when he interprets Pharaoh's dream, he's given the highest post in Egypt. So you can read this for yourself. I'm not making this up. In this story, there's a 17, there's a 13-year period of Joseph as a young man, sold into captivity, slaved, enslaved, put into prison before he comes out. There's 13 years. And so in that 13-year period, there's slavery and imprisonment. It gets worse, okay? How long was he in prison, people say? Well, at least two years, because it said two years later. But it, but it also says some time after Joseph was in prison, the cupbearer and the baker was in prison. And then some time later after that, when they arrived, he, they had a dream. So Joseph was in prison two years Sometime and sometime later. So there's lots of interpretations. Two, three, four, five years. He was in prison more than two. Two years and quite a bit more. Three, four years maybe. And, and, and enslaved for, for three, four years. Something like that. So it, it's not a nice life, put it that way. And we were talking about imprisonment, what it meant last time we were, were together. And so being forgotten were to... To, to give him like three or four years rotting in a stinking cell, rat-infested, um, disease-infested. You would die of disease, let alone not having much food, although he was treated a little better than the others because he'd been promoted a bit to look after other prisoners. So he, was, he maybe had a bit more water and, and, and his bread wasn't as stale, uh, but, it, but it was still rat-infested. It was still a stinking, filthy place where, where the majority of people died. And if you didn't die, you were taken out and then killed. So it, it, it didn't look good. It was a horrible place. And he was there for some, for some years. And that forget being forgotten cost him a lot in that time. And what do you do when you feel forgotten? You know, it's in those places of life where we feel trapped the dark places of life where you don't seem to feel there's any light at the end of the tunnel for you and I. We don't feel there's light at the end of the tunnel. The circumstance you're in is difficult. You, you feel trapped, imprisoned almost. Uh, maybe it's something that, that you know, with, with your health, you don't, you don't see. Maybe, maybe it's a, a circumstance with, in, a, in a relationship, in family. Maybe it's something to do with the work, your job that you're in or something. But you, you feel that you, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. It, it, it's, it's difficult circumstance and you can't see any end in sight. And it's in those places, those dark places, those places where we feel trapped and, and we don't see a way out that we can feel as if like we're imprisoned. And this is the experience that, that Joseph experienced and came through. And so by, by us looking at the, the life of Joseph, we can learn some things about what do we do when we do. And it's almost as if we feel God has forgotten us. You know, does God forget people? I mean, I don't believe God does forget, but it feels like from my perspective, from this side of eternity, 
in the, in, the, in the light of what is happening in my life and going on around me, it can feel as if, where are you, God? Have you forgotten me? And uh, it's, it's, it's that that I just want to take a few moments this morning to look at. You know, could it be, like, in a, is there, like in the game of Monopoly, a get-out-of-jail card that you can store up? I don't know about you, but when I play uh, Monopoly and uh, play others in Monopoly, everybody changes. You see the true character come out there. You see the one that likes to be the banker, dealing with all the money. You, 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 you see those that, that when they get their houses and they then put more houses and they build hotels, but when you land on them, they want every single last penny. <laughs> Even if you've, you're down to your last, you know, your last one pound, I'll have that one as well. You've got a mortgage, everything. They, they change from being a beautiful Christian best friend to being this, this tyrant. And there are times when you land on the jail, you, you think, where is that? I'll buy that get out of jail free card. I'll give you, you know, a, a million for it. Is there, a, is, there, is there a magic? Is there something, you know, in the Christian world whereby there's this special faith, this greater anointing, whereby, and, and God is a God of breakthrough, absolutely. We, we, and we'll look at this. God opens jail doors. But what is there? Uh, and, you know, sometimes there is that way out. There is that almost we pray and the doors are flung open. And, and there seems to be, there is as if, as if there is this way out. It's, it just happens. And we get this, this almost, if not immediate, but a, a quick breakthrough. And there's this way out. And yet other times it's as if, where are you, Lord? But there's a way through. So there are those moments of great breakthrough, and there comes a way out, but also equally, and just as equally, and I find just as much, there's the way through, where God walks with us, talks with us, and we learn in those shaky moments, where are you, Lord, that he is there, and we walk, and, he walk, and we find with him a way through. But there are the way outs. There are the breakthroughs. There are, obviously, so there's, and to where you may be this morning, I don't know, but we're going to look at that together. So first, three things that I want to just look at. And the first thing on, on our journey to maybe finding a way out and a way through and, and dealing with when those feelings of being forgotten is, uh, is this, um, a dawn in the darkness. We, some, we often need a point in our lives where something dawns on us. There's a, a dawn to our darkness. Uh, I don't know about you, but... Um, I took that photo. It's good, isn't it? It's good. It's all right. Thank you. I, didn't, I, don't, I don't want your applause. It was taken on an iPhone 7, which is quite antiquated now. I think everyone's on, what is it, iPhone what, 14 now, is it? Dearing me. Dearing me. Old technology. But that was on a, um, that's West Park in Long Eaton. Beautiful park. We're blessed with the most beautiful park in Long Eaton. It's a beautiful park, and that was on a, um, a cold, late October morning. And I, don't, I don't often do the mornings. H Hannah and Helen walk our dog Maggie in the mornings, but this was on one that I did do. And the sun was rising. It dawned, but, and it was cold and dark. Oh boy, it was beautiful. And we all need that moment. In our, there are moments in our lives when it's dark, it's cold, it feels lifeless. Where are you, God? 
But then something, and in those moments as we scream and we cry and we call out to God and we feel as if, are you there? Have you forgotten me? But in those moments of calling upon him, something dawns, light breaks. I mean, that was a beautiful morning, so I took that photo. And that's one of my screen saves to this day. But, um, why are you laughing at <laughs> My daughter laughing at me. So, and this is what dawns on us. It's this. In those moments when we feel that, that we, I can't. I just can't. I can't, Lord. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this walk. I can't do this Christianity. I can't do this marriage. I can't do this job. I, I can't do this life. That, that's a very, you, you're like on the edge of the cliff. When, when you feel at that point, I, I, I can't do life. I, that's, that's a real dark, horrible place. And so that when you're crawling out to God, and you feel, are you there? That, that God does reach through. And I can't, but he can. All the ways through, all the great breakthroughs come with a dawning that I can't, but he can. And that's something you can't work up. It dawns. For every dark night, there is a dawn. It's great to start to hear the birds going, tweet, tweet, tweet in the morning. Cheep, cheep, cheep. Uh, Phil and Perry's son, who come from Canada and visited not long ago, said that one of the things he loved about coming back to the UK was hearing birdsong. And at the dawn, there's something called the dawn chorus. There is a chorus of God, the angels, that when, not just for the birds, but there's something about darkness gives way to light. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome. Cannot overcome him. And, it's, and this is what dawns. I can't, but he can. You can. God's sovereignty in every situation. It's called the sovereignty of God, where God is king over all the earth. God's sovereignty, power, his rule over every situation. It's, now, it's, it's a bit like this. John on the island of Patmos, the, the apostle John, uh, one of the apostles on the island of Patmos. Patmos was an island that, that people were sent to for, to be enslaved. It was a horrible rock of an island. And it, it wasn't just a nice Greek sunny place. It was a, it was a, a place where you were sent to, to die and you were marooned, basically. And it was in the, to the latter part of his life where he'd served God all his life to be marooned on an island, left to die, that John has this, I can't, but then he has a revelation. He wrote the revelation. You've got it in the New Testament. It's called the revelation, where God shows himself as being the king of the creation that he's still on the throne. And he sees the lamb who was slain standing for all of mankind. And God is on the throne. And the Roman Empire is not in control, but the God of all creation is in control. It's at that point that John sees, I can't, but he can. Something dawns. And it's at that point in our lives. And for you and I, as you're praying and as you're saying, God, are you there? Something dawns on us that God can, but I can't. It's called the sovereign, the sovereign nature of God, the sovereignty of God. And you know, the way our world is going, you've heard it said, history is his story. I know it's a nice little ditty, but it's God's in control. God's on the throne. God is sovereign in all situations. He's the king of all things. And in your circumstance, it's that dawn. It's that bird song. It's that angel song that says, you know, I'm here. I'm for you. 
hold my hand, reach out to me. I'll walk with you. I'll walk you through. It may be that there's a way out. The door flings open, but it might be that we go through and there's a way through and God walks through with you and I. And so there's something that needs to dawn. And for you and I, as we pray and as we seek him, second thing is this. Sorry. Second thing is in the process of, of that, I, I can't, but he can. We, you've heard it say, people say, and I've said many times, and others have said to me, when I let go, I let God. Again, that's another nice little phrase. Oh, let go, let God. That's easier said than done. But when, when I kept to a point in my life where it's, I can't, but God, you're the king of all. God gives you a revelation. It's that we let go and we let God. It's so exhausting trying to figure it out. It's so exhausting trying to break out. It's, it's, it's so exhausting at times to do this to get through, to be better, to be a better wife or a better husband or, 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 or work at this or, or, or get out of this jam. Is it, is it, why is this happening? It's exhausting. It can be absolutely, overwhelmingly exhausting to figure it all out and have the energy to get out. And it's, it's at that point, you know, for, for, for the Israelite people, Joshua and the, and the, and the, and the, and the armies of, of, of Israel, when they came to the River Jordan... They were confronted by this fast flowing river. How do we get over that? It's exhausting to figure it out. How are we going to build? How are we going to swim? And yet God says, Leave it to me. And He opens the waters. It's when we let go that we let God. Now, I'm not saying you let go and you just don't care about anything, become fatalistic, kesara, sarah. It's not that. It's letting go is, I can't do it. He can. You see the difference? It's not being fatalist, it's being faithful. But we come to a crossroads, we get to a point, and it's, oh, I'll come to a precipice, or you, or you say it's a crossroads, or, or a, a junction in my life, when I say, I can't, but he can. So it dawns, and then it's at that point, as, that dawn, as it begins to dawn, that I can't do this, but you can. That he then, we let, he, he goes, we let go, and God goes. And it's at that point that we, we find that we start to walk our way through or, or, or a door or light begins to, 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 to come. And I don't know where in the journey for you that will be and how long that takes. For, for Joseph, it was 13 years. Think of that for a minute. 13 years of slavery and imprisonment. I mean, you, read the, you read about Joseph's life and you think it happened next week when you just turn the chapter. Oh, that was good. Oh, that's amazing. God, God you know, he, he interprets a dream and, and Pharaoh makes him king of the land. You know, oh, that's amazing. That happened. It didn't happen in a week. 13 years later. It's a miracle, but 13 years later. We let go and we let God. When it dawns, we let go. And finally... And this is something that I've discovered at that point. And they sort of, all these three things, they, they overlap as one, really. We, it dawns on us that it's not me, it's him. I, I, I let go, and then God shows up with strength and encouragement and hope and energy and begins to walk with us. And it's, and it's also at that point that when we come to the end of ourselves, you discover the beginning of God. When I come to the end of me, my ability, my know-how, that we find, it's God that does it. And this is why I'm saying that in these, this time, 
this era, these, this season, that we're beginning to experience and see that there are things that we can't do. There's things that human beings can do. We're incredibly, inge- great ingenuity, but in the face of a pandemic, it became frighteningly awful that, hey, and, we, and there were amazing people that, that um, you know, discovered and, and made vaccines. It's incredible what human beings can do. But in the face of certain things, there's stuff that we just can't do. And it, it became, wow, we're not as strong and as amazing as we think we are. We come to the end of ourselves, we discover the beginning of God. Why do I say that? Well, it's the me, my, and I that stands in the way of him. I'll say that again. It's the me, the my, and the I that stands in the way of him. Because when we try and do it and work it out, it's exhausting, but we're doing it and we're not allowing God to in our hearts and in our lives. And in the Western world, we're good at me, my, and I. We're good at working things through and out. We've been told you know, you're worth it. <laughs> Treat yourself to this. You're worth it. Or, um, you know, you are cleverer than you think you are. You know, you can just reach for the stars. I, and it, and I'm not, it's good to be positive. I don't want to miss you know, you're, you're, you know, don't even reach for anything. That's not a very good saying, is it? But, but we've become so to the point where we, 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 we're like gods, human beings. We can do what we like. And there's something about when I... St- step back from me that God steps in it's the way that it is in the kingdom of heaven in 2 Corinthians with this we close in 2 Corinthians 12 uh, verse 9 uh, the spirit of God says to Paul and Paul says this to the church my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness 2 Corinthians 9 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 you might want to write that down if you're feeling a bit shaken and a bit unworthy, weary, weak. When we come to God, he says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. The new living, that's the NIV, the new living puts it like this, the new living translation. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. It's interesting, the new living says this. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So as we come to him, as we trust him, as we put our hopes in him, as we give our hearts to him, that's God, to Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that we're able to navigate this life to the best, to the full. Jesus said in John's gospel, I have come that you might have life and life to the full in abundance. And that fullness and abundance comes as we navigate this life in him. That's why we say the greatest thing that you and I can do is open our hearts to God, giving our lives so that we may have a relationship with him. We have a relationship with each other. You have a relationship with the people that are on this stage in the life of our church. But our relationship with Jesus is everything. It's, it's through that, it's through our relationship with him that we walk and live our lives. It's not coming to church It's not even reading the Bible. These are all beautiful things and amazing things to do. It's not even praying, and that's an amazing thing to do, but relating to Jesus 
through his forgiveness and give the giving of our lives to him and the power of the Holy Spirit released in through our lives that we are able to navigate this world. Church, friends, you know, good ideas, love, relationship, these are amazing things. But it's with him and through him and in him. Let's pray together. God bless you. It'd be great if the worship team um, just could come and as, as we just pray. Something dawns in the darkness. We let go and let God. We come to the end of ourselves. And we discover the beginning of God. Almighty God and Heavenly Father, we come to you, giving you our hearts and our lives. Today, Jesus, we open up our hearts to you. You know, while our eyes are closed, uh, we're not going to put anyone on the spot, but I would encourage you, if you haven't, haven't done this this morning, you know, being a Christian, a Christian is a follower of Jesus Christ. It's not just a religious person that goes to church. So going to church is amazing. Coming, being here is, is great. We encourage one another. This is good. Um, praying is, is wonderful because you're, it's talking to God. That's good. Um, but unless we relate and have a relationship with God, then all, all the talking and our relationship comes as we say to God, forgive me for living for me. We, Paul says, repent and believe. And the word repent means to say, I do a U-turn in my life. I do an around turn. If you find that the traffic is, is really difficult on the Derby Road, you, you'll do a U-turn and, and, and go a different route, which is not congested. And to, to repent means to do a U-turn in your life. You, and so I'm living for me. I'm living my way without God. And to repent means I, I, from living without you, I want to live for you and with you. Forgive me for living for me. That's to repent. And maybe you're here this morning and you need to do that. And you say, God, forgive me for living for me without you. I want to live for you. Forgive me. I give you my heart and life. And to believe is, is to entrust our lives to Jesus. Jesus is the Son of God who takes away the sin of all the world, the, the punishment for our, for our turning our backs on God and living for ourselves would be eternal separation from God. And God says, you can have a complete and wonderful relationship with me forever through my son Jesus. As you repent, do your U-turn in your heart and mind and give your life to me. And so this morning, Father, we repent. I repent if I've lived my life without you. Maybe I once walked as a Christian and now I'm returning again. I'm saying, forgive me for walking away, but I come back in my heart and my life and give you my heart and life afresh. Maybe for the first time I'm here today and I've been thinking about this and thinking about God and being interested and know there's something in this. And I just say, Lord, forgive me for living for me. I want to live for you. And for us this morning, Father, in our weakness, we come to you and say, oh God, would you just fill me afresh with hope and your spirit? And into my challenging time, my circumstance, pray that you would give me the strength to walk through the grace, Holy Spirit, to find my way. That there be light at the end of the tunnel. That the door of the jail would be unlocked. That I would be freed, whatever that means for me this morning, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that you'd never forget us. You said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And though I might feel forgotten, we entrust our lives to you afresh today, Jesus, that we might walk with you 
and be free in you. Thank you that you are the ruler and sovereign of all the universe. You sit upon the throne, but you don't sit so far away that you're aloft and from me, but you send the Holy Spirit to be with me and in me. And so, Father God, we embrace your embrace this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.